Hi, Amanda. Hi, Kristen. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our last mini episode of January. Next week, we'll be back with full new episodes for season three. Thank you so much for listening to these From the Vault episodes. We are so excited to bring them to you. You guys have been really awesome with all of the questions and all of the cool things that you've been telling us. So today we are here with comparisonitis, something that never, ever goes away. <laughs> totally. I liked to, in our front, like we originally said, let's pull these episodes from the vault, give us a little breathing room so we can better prep for our season, second half of season three. And I've, every time we've done these, I'm like, I love that we, that um, a side effect of that is that we get to like say what we learned in a year like that wasn't ever the intention like let's do from the vault so we can extract the lessons that a year's taught us from these topics already but that's totally what's been happening that's been my favorite part it's um pretty awesome how (laughs) we're learning one what we've learned like from the podcast episode topic like what we've learned from you know how we memory keep from best nine what we've learned now from comparisonitis that doesn't ever go away. Um, what we've learned about podcasting, what we've yeah. learned about our audience and the amazing people who are crafty as females. It's just learning. And clearly both of us just love learning. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's so refreshing to me to be able to say that I didn't, even though I thought I had it all together a year ago in my execution of what I said in the episode, whoa, whoa, like a year later, Amanda also has this to say, like, it's just refreshing to get an uh, avenue for that. Do you think that you can be a crafty ass female and not love learning? Probably not. Probably not. Or if you are, it gets boring real quick. Right. Because like, I feel like part of being crafty is this desire to like take something and turn it into something new. Yeah. And like part of that means you have to learn in the process, even if you don't realize you're learning. Right. And, oh, it's like that thing that, oh, you know, it's like you talk about being a peripheral creative. Yeah. It's like that peripheral learning. Yeah. Um, totally. Oh, guys, look, we're, we're learning now, even <laughs> in our mini episodes that we didn't yeah. realize we were doing. Yeah. It's happening. So comparisonitis. What have we learned in a year? I learned that it never goes away if you haven't noticed. True. I mean, just like any kind of mental condition, it's just you getting more adept to deal with it. Yeah, it's coping skills. Whatever you consider yourself, you're just going to compare yourself to people who you view similarly to yourself. Right. And I think it's, we've touched on this a bunch of times, but I think it's a very millennial thing because we are so exposed to the potential of everything. And when we see ourselves in someone else and they're doing great things or having XYZ line up for them, there's this alarm system that goes off in our brains that says, OMG, look at the potential. That person's just like me. I can do that too. So again, we talk about this in the episode, but it comes from a place of inspiration and like enlightenment, but it can often 
morph into something that's more negative, which then becomes comparisonitis. Yeah, I think well, I think it, it really affects everyone. I think it affects no matter who you are, no matter what you do, whether you're a crafter, whether you're an artist, whether you are a person who, I, I don't know, what's something that's none of those things? You know, whether you are a dog walker. Right. What, Accountant. Right. If you are a, an, an engineer. Teacher. You're going to compare yourself to other accountants, engineers, and teachers. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see, oh, okay, well, in, in this metric, I am better than that accountant. And in this metric, I'm better than that teacher or worse than that teacher. I'm not going to say it's a natural thing to do because it has nothing to do with nature. It's, and I'm but in the say, vein, like we're going to go right into this clip that you want to talk about because it's going yeah. to talk. Humans yeah, but are in the, the vein, ones who do this. And in the vein of what you said about being a crafty ass female as always trying to be resourceful to do the most efficient thing or the best thing or if you see someone doing something that's working, like you also want to say, oh, I need to be more resourceful to also have something work for me. Like it's, it's, it is like you're saying a, a kind of a knee jerk for crafty ass females who are always perceptive and observant and like and want to make beautiful things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then you get better at making beautiful things. And you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm this good at making something beautiful. And then you're a step better at making something beautiful, so you compare yourself to these people. And then you get a step better, so you compare yourself to these people. And then you're a step better, so you compare yourself to these people. And no matter how good you get, you're always going to be comparing yourself. I, straight up, am an artist. That's what I do for a living. I teach people how to make scrapbooks. I never thought I would be here. Like, this is, for me, a crazy thing to be doing. Yeah. And I have to keep telling myself, Kristen, you are an artist. But then I compare myself to other people who make art. Yeah. And I'm like, sometimes I go in my bed and I cry because, like, I can't do that. Am I an artist? Right. Then the question comes in. That's crazy. Yeah. And then I look at people who, like, are my peers and... They do oil paintings. And do you know what I would do if I touched oil paints? <laughs> the same thing I would do. I mean, be a mess. <laughs> like, right. It would be a disaster. Right. But like that, it could be cool. Like, I mean, right. I'm not willing to, tr- I'm not unwilling to try being a disaster at oil paints. Sure. Or in anything for that matter. Right. But I'm not like, comparisonitis hits me and I'll stand at my desk And I'll think, oh, well, you know, I can't ever scrapbook again. Like, I'm the world's worst scrapbooker because I'll see someone making an oil painting and I'll be like, well, Kristen, you're not an artist. So therefore, you can't ever scrapbook again. Right. And it ties into what we said in the mini episode intro for last week's From the Vault, Why We Memory Keep, which kind of was like, you know, it's kind of a feminist notion to step into yourself and, and proclaim yourself or project yourself in your one little words vein but yeah like that's kind of where I'm at that I'm getting to this comfortable point of knowing I'm a memory keeper even when I don't memory keep or you knowing you're an artist even when you're not doing art that you consider arty 
Right. Even <laughs> so, when yeah. I sit down and I write, even when I sit down and I just put pieces of paper together, like that's my art. My art doesn't have to look like anyone else's art to be art. And if someone wants to come and comment on my art, if someone wants to come and say something, who are they to judge what art is? Yeah. And who am I to care? Yeah. As long as I'm making things that make me feel good, that make me feel creative, that fill my creative part of my harmony, then that's awesome. And yes, comparisonitis is going to happen. And I just have to take the things that I know work and deal with it. And they're actually a lot of the same tools and tactics that work when you're dealing with, uh, like, the creative rut episode. Mm-hmm. So, like, do something different. Like, literally go away. Yeah. Do a different creative thing. Like, for me, it would be make food. Like, yeah. play video games. Throw yourself into something that's totally different when you're saying, like, oh, I can't make art journals like that. I can't. When you're saying I can't, go and do something that you know you can do. Right. And it tied this line. I mentioned it, I think, in one of the other intro minisodes. I don't remember which one, but it came from Mark Nepo on Oprah Super Soul podcast. But he said, I used to want to be a great poet. Now I don't want to be the poet. I want to be the poem. And I think that that eliminates the can't. Because when you're trying to be a poet or an artist or a memory keeper or an influencer or, you know, the CEO of a craft business, like whatever it is, you're, tr- you're externally trying to get validation, you're, you're lining, you're comparing to what others of those people are doing. You're, but when you just want to live in the art or live, like then it becomes a different thing where like there is no can't, it's just you endlessly pursuing curiosity and there's no can't in that. Because you're just living for the poem, for the actual real experiences, right. as opposed to it's all about the why. Yeah, yeah, and that and the why that comes from in within. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that line's been helping me because every time I feel an anxiety come up, I feel myself trying to be the poet in the situation, the orchestrator. And the person that gets the acknowledgement of something, as opposed to just the poem, just the expression of the thing. I was thinking about comparisonitis. And I was thinking about, like, literal comparison. And when we talk about comparison, everyone's like, oh, well, you can't compare apples to oranges. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, man, you can't even compare apples to apples. Totally. Uh, (laughs) On... Friday, yeah, on Friday, Jeff and I went to Horrocks. Um, If you ever come and visit me, I will take you to Horrocks. It is the most wonderful store in the entire world. It is, like, the biggest produce market and everything market, and it's wonderful. And there's free coffee, and there's free tea, and there's just free lots of things. Free popcorn and gelato. (laughs) Oh, yeah, there's free wine bar now. You can get wine Uh, samples. Oh, And And I happen to pick out the one that I, when I visited, that was, like, number one in, like, New York or something, or New Jersey or whatever. Oh, yeah, 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 you did. You took, like, the number one exported wine in New Jersey. Yeah. (laughs) That was in, like, like, literally the middle of nowhere. And there's, like, no middle of nowhere New Jersey, right? Um, So on Friday, we went to Horrocks, and Horrocks has 
I mean, I cannot even tell you how many different varieties of apples. Like, 18, 19, 20 different varieties of apples. Like, most of which are from Michigan. And when you go to compare apples, there are so many different varieties of apples that are for different things. Yeah. Some are for eating raw. Some are for eating raw with the skin on. Some are for baking in pies. Some are for baking in to make applesauce. So even when you're comparing apples, apples to apples, those apples are not to be compared. Yeah. And comparisonitis is one of those things that it's those tricks, those tricks that our brain plays on us. That's like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you because it's my turn to win. When <laughs> some of I, us have yeah. brains that like to play tricks on us more than others. Right. Um, and creative people seem to have brains that really love to trick us. And comparisonitis is one of those fun tricks. And scrolling on Instagram is a really great way to fall into the trap of comparisonitis. Yeah, so, I called it on the episode quicksand. Yeah. I still stand by that. <laughs> I still stand by it feeling like quicksand. Like there's a point where it doesn't feel as threatening until it keeps sucking you down to a point where you know any move you make, like you're doomed. <laughs> and so I talk a lot about boundaries. I think we re- did a really good job in this episode, listening back a year later of like, you know what you can jump- do now? What? You can, if you have an, if you have a iOS phone, if you have a, an iPhone and you have iOS 12, you can set the, don't let me use Instagram anymore. That's great. So like, if you know that you get into this, I'm feeling bad about myself. So maybe if I see one more thing that I'll be inspired by, because that's, I know that happens to me when I'm feeling comparison. I just like, oh, yeah. you know. I'm feeling like I'm not doing good and I'm not really good. So if I'm on Instagram or it used to be Pinterest. Yeah. And I would just scroll. Maybe if I find something, I'll feel better about myself. Yeah. Maybe like I'll look for something that I can do. Sure. But that's not true. You just need to go do something. It's not about like looking. It's about doing. Right. So you need to make the Instagram stop. Yeah. So go set your phone to not let you have Instagram for more than whatever amount of time per day that you need it. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much time that is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, we talk a lot about boundaries in the episode, and I think that's something that only each person can set up for themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> we can't tell you how long that is or not, but it, it's, we've talked about it in Nicole Reeves' episode. We talked about it in so many where it's like this pullback inner reflection of what do you need right now no one else is able to dictate and what you need is different than someone else maybe someone else only needs 15 minutes you only need five like it's very different for each person but it's that pullback and then being autonomous and you being in control and setting those boundaries and making the decision and yeah because your brain will quicksand you <laughs> and it's not your fault but it's not it's your just fault the routine that you've been on it's the human condition and it's that, that desire that, like, I think it's, like, it's a very American thing, that desire to want to do every single thing. 
yeah. that desire to consume things that it's it's a very capitalist thing and it's a very yeah. like American well, dreamy thing yes that you know go into all the big box stores and i want to do project life i want to get this kit i want to do right. december daily and i want to do pro- you know week in the life i want to do every single one of ali's projects i want to do every one of kathy z's projects i want to do the chamel project i want to do every single thing and it's like yeah. that's not possible right right and you know if you compare your life to every single person on instagram and you want to live the life of every single other person you're being unrealistic. Yeah. And so you need to just ground yourself first because comparisonitis is also ungrounded. You're not grounded. You're not when you're you're in comparisonitis and I and I'm I'm not being I'm not I don't mean to sound uh hokey, woo woo. No, I feel like I'm I'm sounding um uh like, you know, uh lechery. Mm. And I don't mean to because if any if I'm lecturing anyone it's myself because right. I literally do this constantly I'm the world's worst comparisonitis assessor <laughs> comparer <laughs> comparisoness um the duchess of comparison island um <laughs> and I just like well why can't I do that why can't you know and it's like well I can do that it would just look different because my art is different. I play with paper and I love doing things this way. And that's cool. Yeah. Um, I did a master class last week on scrapbooking. Fun. And one of the things I love about scrapbooking is that scrapbooking brings all of the crafts together. It's both arts and it's both crafts. You can... If whatever craft you love, whatever art you love, you can bring it into scrapbooking. If you love watercoloring, you can bring that into your scrapbook. If you love crocheting, you can crochet yourself a scrapbook cover. If yeah. you love photography, you can make that into your scrapbook. Anything you love, you can bring that into your scrapbook. And, like, all the mass market stuff took that out of scrapbooking. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, made it very generic and, like, here, you know, put your cards in here, put your paper, you know, here's all the scrapbook paper you need, here's the kit you need to make yeah. a scrapbook. And once you see those few people do it and get the hundreds of likes, then it becomes, oh, oh, maybe I need to do that too. Like, then it becomes that freaky, like, we talk about in the episode, like, the motivation of, like, the attention that it draws as opposed to the love of the art that it started out being. Right, and you lose that little bit of... You lose the coolness factor because the coolness comes from you. Yeah. The coolest people, the coolest things are all because of a little bit of irreverency and a little bit of not trying. Yeah. Instead of, well, I'm going to be on trend. I'm going to be popular. I'm going to be, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, it which, girl. Yeah, which is kind of ties into my new like peripheral creative kind of mentality because that the space for my cre- creativity now is for no one else but me. And that's the difference a little bit is that like being the it girl and ha- gaining the attention and popularity from the craft makes it not all about you, even though it can be. Some people totally do it all for them, and that's just the side effect. But that's very different than being motivated to do a craft for that. I agree. Completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. There's also something 
you talked about at the end of our episode that we're going to show is at this time last year when it aired, you were doing the Kanye thing where you had your two Kanye songs. I'm so mad at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in the vein of the episode, you talked about it in like a meditative way and how to get in touch with like yourself. And I thought that like, and I was like, that's also just a great tool to use too is like play music that yes. makes you like feel fire for yourself like in the gym recently they played if I was you I'd wanna be me too I love that song that that Megan Trainer song is like the antithesis to comparisonitis the second you look at someone blast that song three times in a row and just dance to yourself in the mirror like there's no way you could feel comparisonitis after hearing that song three times all the way through I'm like working out I'm like yeah I would want to be me too like it's just like it's one of those and impromptu I, I, dance party is like absolutely yeah, the right the, song the, yes. the you need to have your song and you need to have um yeah no I make my Spotify playlists and I go yeah. to my Spotify playlists um I if I was you I'd want to be me too is on it because that's like opposite comparison I just song <laughs> it's that's a really good one yeah her songs are so catchy man her songs are so catchy but yeah, so I, I tied that into, and I recently had like a thought. I was like, you know, I heard Pretty Woman. And I was like, imagine if you heard Pretty Woman and really internalized that that song was about you. Like someone was singing that song about you, like, and then you just owned it for like the two minutes of that song. Like, man, that would like turn comparisonitis on its head. Like it would just be the complete opposite feeling of like, why aren't I good enough? slash why does everyone else's life rock and mine sucks like if you were the pretty woman in that song so i don't know just another another yeah, uh, find your trick. songs yeah yeah i think it was like a really good episode we did a year ago one that still rings true and i think that listening back like we did a good job <laughs> a year ago i think we did do a good job a year ago and yeah. i'm so glad that we get to look back at all of these episodes and I think this is a fun winter break tradition yeah I'm really excited for new episode next week yeah and back to chatting with you for a solid hour about something yeah and then in more after chatter fun oh yeah we're back with after chatter next week guys and uh, a slightly new format and it'll be really exciting sure. um all right. But, so, but these from the vaults were a great way to work smarter, not harder. So tie into the whole theme. Yeah. And a really great way for all of you new listeners to hear how much we have grown as podcasters. And hopefully it has helped you think about podcasting if you want to podcast yourself, because you can see how much we have grown and what happens when you take things uh, just a day at a time, one week at a time, one episode yeah. at a time. All right, on to Comparisonitis, the full episode. If you have heard it, feel free to turn us off and listen next week. Uh, if not, listen to the Comparisonitis or re-listen to Comparisonitis because it is a good episode. All right, we will uh, hear you guys. Uh, you guys will hear us again next week. We will <laughs> we hear hopefully you. Hopefully, we'll hear from you. <laughs> yeah, we will hear you. We will hear from you whenever you go into Discord and chat with us. We love you very much, and uh, we'll be back next week. 
Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedale, and we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Kristen. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. <laughs> Every Monday that we have a new episode come out, it's like, oh, yay, I get to either talk about that or share about that. Or like it's been, I'm still getting used to the routine that it's every Monday, you know? <laughs> I know. it. Um, it's also the last Monday in February. So like we're getting through it. <laughs> it's happening. We're, we're almost to daylight savings back on summertime, at least here in the U.S., um, yeah, we're our, uh, taking it day by day, hour by hour, the, uh, seasonal affective disorder is real. So real for me this year. <laughs> so we're going to talk about comparisonitis today and, um, why it can be, uh, a really hard thing to not compare yourself to other crafters and other artists and other people trying to make similar art to you and that you're trying to be inspired by and that you're inspired from and the fine line between inspiration and an endless stimulus. Totally. And I like that you called it comparison itis and just putting like the itis at the end gives it like that diagnosis of it's like an kind of a disorder. It's kind of like one of those ruts of the mind that just happen sometimes and you get into sometimes and especially this season and this time of year when we don't can't get outside because it's too cold or we it is darker shorter days and darker nights you know you can kind of crush internally or like turn internally and then listen to those voices that aren't necessarily your friend about whatever it is you're exposed to yeah i i really do kind of like it um, as a, an internal monster that kind of like feeds at your fears. Right. Like your fears Which is of what not anxiety being good is, enough. But... Exactly. It's crafting anxiety. It's yeah. crafting of, um, you know, I'm not good enough at this. There are people who are going to be better at me. There are obviously people better than me. So why should I even try? You know, I'm never going to attain greatness. And there are always those voices in your head and they do pop out more. Um, like I know for me and I know for you and I know for so many of us, uh, who like to be online, who like to be crafty, who are in our crafty ass female community where, uh, winter is a hard time where, uh, the dark days are dark, not only in, you know, outside and cold in outside but like th they're dark for us you know in our minds and, and that's mm -hmm. not to say necessarily that each of us have like diagnosed depression but like that we thrive more mentally and creatively and physically when we have the sunshine when we have the longer days when we can go outside when we can shine both mentally and physically and and that's okay like um 
we have cycles both uh, physically, we have cycles both mentally. We have, you know, us going around the the sun. And that's kind of one of the best things about being a woman, in my opinion, is like we have uh, our own cycles and we have the seasons and there are so many things that change both within us and within like earth and around us. Uh, I was working on a project this afternoon. And one of the things that uh, I was journaling about was one of the things that I like most about spring and coming up. Everything that I thought about was about uh, like mother nature and mm -hmm. earth. And like, I love seeing the flowers bloom. I love seeing the animals um, come up around me. Uh, I am lucky enough to have a standing desk right outside uh, a window that has uh, that faces so many trees. And there is a little chipmunk. His name is Chip. Um, I, He's I, like I, our unofficial crafty ass mascot. I know, I've <laughs> talked about Chip before. Um, I met Chip originally last spring uh, as I was as I was getting out of our winter funk. And and he's just the most adorable thing. It was so much fun to craft and watch him run around and watch him climb up the tree and watch him grow. And I get so much creative energy out of watching the little creatures, watching um there were two cardinals. Um I named them. I don't remember what their names are now. <laughs> um but just watching creatures interact. There's so many colors and you can see the different ways that everything comes together and like you see different palettes and you see so many different ways that the world is creative and it's so inspirational that like winter and the dark days when you don't have that much sunlight when you know it's harder to get all of these bright palettes when you know the palette if you look mm -hmm. outside is white gray 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 black and not so much anything else and just oh. cold so cold that you can't even see it sometimes because it's piercing your eyes and you need to have a scarf all the way up to here like it really is for me but you know it not every winter affects me the same but the winters that do get me so down and I, I can't seem to find the light. <laughs> like, you know, I just, I really am excited for spring. And I agree, like when I'm around, I think animals are good for that. Like they, it's so crazy to watch like another living thing, like do its thing without worrying about what the next animal's doing. Like, you know what I mean? It's just a, a squirrel and a chipmunk know how to be a squirrel and a chipmunk and they function <laughs> without, you know, that extra human quality of, like, self-judgment, I guess. <laughs> right. They don't really care how much money is in their bank account. <laughs> yeah. Little chipmunk bank accounts just popped into my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so, yeah. So, I just, I'm excited for winter to be over, but I do think it is this time of, like, this rut of the mind called that you labeled comparisonitis, which I love. Yeah. Comparisonitis. Um, 
So I think there are a lot of different ways in which this comes up. Um, but I think sure. one of the main ways in which I see it a lot is people comparing themselves to uh, the work they see designers do and design teams and uh, more or less like professional crafters. And I want to dispel like a lot of the myths around that because I think like we, um, we took a similar tone on this when we did our uh, social media episode and our Instagram mm -hmm. episode. Because uh, I want to, I want to take some of the, the fears and the notions out of our, our listeners' heads because uh, the things that you might think, um, a lot of that's like some bullshit. And, and I want to set the record straight on that. Um, so, like, design team members, creative team members, and the work that you see a lot of uh, these crafters do, uh, specifically layouts, project planners, any of these things, uh, if you count up all of the papers and all of the embellishments and all of the stuff on those pages, that's going to cost like 50 or $60 in a lot of cases. That's un unsustainable. You are not going to be able to create like an entire scrapbook or an entire planner where every single page costs you 50 or $60 to make. Just like do the math real quick. I, please don't be a crafter that spends $60 on every single page you make. That just... Yeah, that was a big theme because working for the Happy Planner, a big major part of my job with them was managing the design team. And that was a big, I guess, kind of critique where like people on a design team are A, given boxes and boxes of product that they don't pay for. So that's A. B, their job is to use as much of it to inspire and show how you could use it. So when you see it, a page from a design team member that has like, again, $60 worth of product on it, it's because they've been given that and are supposed to. You know what I mean? So, but again, it does create the buzz inside of people to want it so that they can replicate it or also do that kind of crafting. So, I mean, to pull the curtain back a little bit, they're getting it for free, right? And then there's their duty is to do it, but it still makes people feel like they want to do it too. And that's okay. Yeah. There's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to make that $60 scrapbook page. And honestly, everyone should have a $60 scrapbook page. If, like, that should be your, your gold star scrapbook page. I have a couple mm -hmm. of framed scrapbook pages that I, like, literally bought at least $60 worth of product to use on that scrapbook page. It's, like, mm -hmm. that's my art. I've been doing this for, like, you know, since high school, for 15 years. I've definitely bought, a, you know, we're not going to talk about it. Um, amount of it's scrapbook. It's what we do. Right? Yeah. We're not going to talk about the amount of money I've spent on scrapbook page products. I, you know, I, I now own a scrapbook business. Um, but like, if this is your passion, if you love crafting, you're going to have like a gold star page. You're going to have a page that you want framed that you would, you know. Spend 
use the expensive embellishments on. <laughs> right. Like if, 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 yeah. if you're the type of person that would ask your mom for, you know, crafty supplies for your birthday, then that's what you're going to make your page out of. And like, if you're going to get inspired, then there's no better place to be inspired than the designers on the design team for the company whose products you love. But don't let that make you feel bad if you can't replicate that for every single page that you do. That's not sustainable. Yeah. yeah and I think like you mentioned earlier, like I feel like this episode ties into a lot of the same themes as our best nine episode when we talked about, you know, posturing in social media and also the what's my thing episode. I feel like they all kind of have the same thread of needing to tap into yourself and becoming aware of what really is taking up your brain space, right? And comparisonitis is just this rut our brain can get in when we're trying to keep up with the Joneses or stay on top of the trends or or fit fit in. Like my experience with the design team, um, you know, a lot of people who weren't part of the design team but loved the happy planner and kind of backlashed on, you know, the design team using a lot of products on one page is they would say like, I can't afford a lot of products, you know, and, but it wasn't meant to say you should in order to make something good. It's just, we needed to show you what could be done and all the different ways, like basically killing as many birds with one stone as we can. If I had one shot to put something on Instagram, we wanted to show you as many products as we can in that one shot. So it's a very different animal than you creating to just share, right? So design teamwork is just a different animal altogether. But then I also saw this thread and this kind of ties into like our posturing and our social media episode where people felt that the product, the more products and the more new products you either got your hand on or were able to use elevated you to a status of I'll get more followers, people will think I'm authority on this, da, 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 da. and then it became again the motivation of it not necessarily being your thing and you not necessarily, even though you might love the craft, you're more focused on the attention that the craft or the amount of products or will get you or the, or being featured on a, on an Instagram, you know, would get you. So we saw a lot of that. It was people felt like product equaled a ticket to the cool table for however long that seat was going to be. So right. that's kind of what I feel is the difference. Like comparison, when, when you think about, you know, when you compare yourself to people, there's a level that we talked about, I believe, in our creative rut episode where like you compare to the skill and you know you don't have the skill yet and you want to reach the skill. So there's a skill comparison, which is what you were saying, you know, take as much in that's going to inspire you and then have a boundary and cut it off. I think the more you take in and the more stimulus you allow to like too many cooks will spoil the broth kind of like thing. Mm -hmm. If you have too many inspirations in your brain, it's going to be an overload of, oh my God, these people are so good. I can never measure up as opposed to seeing one thing and going, Ooh, what could I play with, with that idea? And maybe I can do my version of it. So it, it's very different. There's a lot of different, like, uh, compartments, I guess, of like comparing yourself and you just have to reflect on what area of your mind is being motivated by the looking, I guess. Yeah, I think that's a totally excellent point. Um, what, what part of your 
body are you feeding with that inspiration? Are you mm-hmm. feeding, like, and are you feeding your soul? Are you feeding your heart? Are you feeding, and, and then like, what are you feeding it? Are you feeding it good things, healthy things? Or are you feeding it, like, junk food that's going to make you crash later? Right. Um, I probably hit on this in our uh, Best Mind episode, but I routinely unfollow people on Instagram, which is, like, the only social media network I use. Um, I go on Facebook because I have to do things in groups for the various uh, teams and committees and uh, my Tiffany Hans Inner Circle Mastermind group. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't have a news feed and I don't uh, interact with things other than groups. So Instagram Mm -hmm. is my social media thing. Um, But I routinely unfollow people on Instagram if they're not feeding the right part of me. if I'm mindlessly scrolling and, like, I start to ask, like, why am I following this person again? And I don't know. I just unfollow them. Mm-hmm. And I find that... I wrote in an interview once. Oh, okay. So I find that um, part of it is because I really enjoy re-following people again. I just mm-hmm. enjoy discovering them again. And partly because um, if I find that I'm mindlessly scrolling in Instagram, that itself, that, like, that in and of itself is bad for me. So I try to follow, like, the most efficient number of people possible so that, like, I am using Instagram for inspiration Mm -hmm. and it's not, like, I'm not scrolling past people that I don't want to see. And, like, once I get to people that I don't want to see, I just unfollow them. That I guess, like, saying it out loud sounds kind of harsh, but it means that, like, when I go on Instagram, I'm only interacting with people that I'm, like, really interested in. One of the things that I'm loving uh, about Instagram most recently is the DMs. I love that, like, it's, like, going back to, like, AOL and AIM and, like, being a teenager and, like, hopping on after school and being, like, oh, hey, what are you up to? You know, like, it's it's like texting, but it's a little bit less personal. And I really love that, um, that I can chat with people from all over the world we talked last week about uh internet friends and it is like one of my favorite things and um i love now with the dms that i don't feel like i need to follow every single person mm-hmm. and so you're saying so as have... opposed to following a feed you would dm if you needed like to contact. or i would like totally let like i i like that people dm me now mm. like i like that people don't feel like they can't dm me mm-hmm. um like i need to be able like i don't feel necessary to follow every single person who follows me because i'm so open with dms mm-hmm. like and I, I i say that a lot like dm me like um mm-hmm. i posted a picture of my desk shot uh irl yesterday um and it'll, when the show comes out it'll be a few weeks ago um, and I said, like, what, what is up on, um, you know, what does your desk look like? Uh, you know, either post it on your feed or post it in your stories um, and tag me. And, you know, when you post something in your stories and you tag a person, it shows up in their DMs. Mm-hmm. And so I, like, I love seeing that. I love yeah. that interaction. And I love, um, that's one of my favorite things about going on Instagram right now is the DM feed. 
is, you know, having those personal conversations. And, you know, sometimes I have time. I love doing it at night and just kind of like checking in with, it's like checking in with like, you know, my people in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, if I don't have a lot of time or, uh, you know, I'm just not feeling super talkative that day. I love that there's the little heart and you can just be like, you know, thanks. Yeah. I'm so glad we, we chatted today. Thanks so much for sending me that message. Yeah. Um, and other times I love getting into a conversation with somebody. It's, it's a really nice thing to have. Um, and I think it really helps make Instagram a lot more closer, especially since we're all like not super happy with the algorithm and the way that our feeds are kind of being hijacked. Totally. I mean, it's just another option for connection that you don't have to be tuned in all the time and following everyone. And I just think unfollowing is just a way to set boundaries for yourself. And I think we need to do that on social media and constantly be doing it like every few months or every few weeks or how often you need it because it's really easy for social media to feel like quicksand and like just suck you deeper and deeper into wasted time and useless comparison like that's it that's when social media goes bad you know but as a culture we're so used to getting information quickly and 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 I need to be inspired I need to be inspired especially as a creative that we almost don't know when to stop or turn it off and then in cold winter months like we're saying it morphs into this you know condition where we're constantly measuring our own lives and our own content to the things that we're seeing so I just think boundaries is the big one, whether it's unfollow some people, whether it's, you know, taking yourself physically off the screen and doing something else, which is again, hard to do in the winter, I find, you know, so it's all about, I think, I just think the best line of defense for comparisonitis is just focusing on what your thing is, staying in your lane, setting your boundaries so that, you know, you don't feel, I feel like FOMO, F-O-M-O for those of you who are a little older like I am and need to be reminded that you don't know all the millennial lingo. So just fear of missing out is what FOMO means. And I just think that people feel that with all the stimulus. Again, like we talked about social media, but it's never been this prevalent, I feel like, as it is. Or like you were saying, it always has, but we never treated it as we treat it now. As like the only means of information and communication and so it's this desperate need to make sure you're seen and make sure you're involved and then in your face yeah yeah and then it becomes culturally what we understand is important so the comparisonitis happens when you're feeling like other people are engaging in these more important things than you are, or their life is filled with more important things than you are, or, you know, they're getting access and doing work that is more important than yours is. And that brings us back to like your design team's point. And, um, you know, just people who get the opportunity to do these great things with brands that they love and products that they love and and there's almost like a why me FOMO kind of I want free if stuff. If I could I only want have stuff. that life. Yeah. Or like what am I doing wrong? And then we go into that rut of like right. how can I get there? You know. And I think yeah. I want to bring back to how to say a design team member's 
projects aren't all they're chalked up to be either, especially when it comes to to authentic scrapbooking. Explain. When, When you... I think, well, I think you explained it really well earlier without even trying. Mm. When your job is to use as much product as you possibly can on a page, it's very difficult to also tell an authentic story with your words. I totally understand. Yeah. I've spent a lot of time on design teams for different places over the years. Um, If you were sent a package of themed products... And your job is to create projects with them for a deadline. Odds are, let's make let's let's say they're themed products for Halloween. And the products are gonna come out before Halloween so that people can buy them and use them for Halloween. Um, as a design team member, you're probably gonna get sent those products well before Halloween so that, you know, you have time to create the projects so that the company can have time to use your projects in copy, in content, and other, you know, in in other places when the products are sold, which means, you know, maybe you're making Halloween layouts in February. Maybe you're making Halloween, you know, mini books or projects in March. So, like, did you take Halloween pictures last year? Um, do you celebrate Halloween? Uh, what you know? Uh, for me, we have had one Halloween party this year. Um, this year, oh my god, we've had one Halloween party since moving here to um, mm-hmm. Michigan. It was the world's biggest disaster. The party itself, the party itself was great. Um, LOL. It, uh, our punch had too much alcohol. Oh, that's never a bad thing. It, uh, it snowed. It snowed about six inches. Um, we live in one of the only places in East Lansing that does not have sidewalks and the houses are way too far apart for anyone to even consider trick-or-treating in our Mm -hmm. neighborhood. Um, so like we literally didn't get any trick or treaters, but like all of our friends came over and we had like a costume party and it was hilarious. So like our party was on- wonderful, but like also then yeah. everyone had too much to drink, and I wouldn't let anyone leave. And so by the time everyone was sober enough to leave, we had too much snow on the ground and no one could get up out of our driveway. And this was the first season everyone had moved to Michigan from like you know California and Kansas and like Florida. So. No one had snow tires. This was literally <laughs> the first snow that some people had like ever experienced as adults. Yeah. And no one was prepared. So That's our funny. Halloween story, uh, none of that is suitable for scrapbooking Halloween photos. Yeah. Um, no, but that, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Because then it becomes a systematic kind of collaboration to promote a product right as opposed to an authentic you know execution of using the product to memory keep which is right and 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 like for me my greatest like my strength as a scrapbooker is telling authentic stories Mm -hmm. and so like when my strength is like pulled out from under me like my projects suck and so then I had to like really learn and grow as an artist to figure out like, well, what do I do 
when I can't tell stories. Mm-hmm. And, and like, do you really want to do that? Right. Is that the life you want? And like, yeah. so, like we talked about, like, I, I mentioned like the iceberg concept in, in a couple of our earlier episodes where you yeah, really see like the top and the tip of the iceberg and you're like, Oh, okay. You know, we can, we can steer our ship around that. No problem. And then, you know, five minutes later, the entire bottom of your boat is ripped apart because you have no idea how massive, you know, the, 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 the iceberg is underneath. And it's, it's, it's one thing to see, you know, a picture or to see like the, the, the public facing life of someone mm-hmm. and be like, I want that. That's exactly for me. I see that. I see what it looks like. And I know that that's what I want. Mm-hmm. And it's another thing to know what that life entails, know what that job entails, know what like the back end of something looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so funny thing I found out, uh, did you know that Disney has a whole underground floor that like the workers like? No. So, yeah, me neither. And like, is it throughout all of Disney? So it's, it's like throughout this like huge... all of Magic Kingdom. Oh wow! Crazy, right? What do they do there? That's how all of the employees move around. Mm. I bet there's tight security. Yeah, that's so amazing. But right, because what we're seeing is this magical experience of Donald Duck here, Donald Duck there. But the truth is, he's going underneath <laughs> this top, heavily guarded underbelly of Magic Kingdom. And it's like, and for some people, yes, absolutely. That is the life they want. Mm. Somebody wants, I mean, there are, I mean, let's be honest, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people that want to work at Disney World. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the life they want. And that's, I mean, when we went, there was a, it's called Disney Alumni Homecoming. And so everyone who's worked at Disney, um, they do like a Disney internship program where you work there for a year, either during college or after college. And the weekend- I think I've heard that. The weekend that we were there is their homecoming where they have like, you know, a whole like celebration, everybody who works there comes back and it was so interesting to talk to them and see them and somebody had a button that it was their 600th and 46th visit to disney world oh my god who keeps track of that somebody who wants that life and that's amazing (sighs) if that's your thing then like oh my god then you want to be the person who knows the underbelly of disney world and like you know how big that iceberg is you, you know, scuba dived and you mm-hmm. measured it and you were like, my ship will go around this iceberg, hell or high water. Mm-hmm. And if that's for you, then like fucking go for it. Like, this is your passion. But just know what it is. Like, yeah, just be honest with yourself and like, let it come from a place of love. Let it come from a place of passion. Let it come from a place of this is my thing. Yeah. You know, don't let it come from a place of like, oh my God, like, look at how much attention, you know, this is getting this person. Look at how much free product this person got. Look at this gigantic box of, you know, 
a thousand dollars worth of stamps that showed up at this person's door. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think, I think no matter what you enjoy doing or think you want to do, like even design team work with those giant things of boxes is still work. Like, I don't think people really, like, they just see it and go, Oh, that's so much fun. I want to have fun, but they don't really realize that it is like, you do have to put work into it. You do have to make sure you hit the deadline. You do, it, it, you know, sometimes people say, don't, don't shit where you eat. Right. Because yeah. if so it's kind of the same thing. Like you're taking on a job in this area that you love, but does do you start to lose the love if it becomes like a job so there's that part of it that you do have to still realize that it's work and also like it's becoming better now um but design team work as a lot of women's work is is highly 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 undervalued like amanda said it's a job yeah and you know if someone drops off $500 worth of product at your door and expects you to do a hundred hours or, you know, 400 hours worth of work for $500 worth of product that costs the company $50 to make and $20 to send you, like, think about, does that work for you? And for some people it does. Like, if you have the luxury of not having to, you know, work for a living, if you have the ability to take on a a hobby that gives you, you know, enough time for design team requirements that do not get paid, that's awesome. Not everyone has that luxury, and you really need to think about how much time uh, an unpaid creative team work like an internship will take you because a lot of them require a lot of work. And if you're not getting paid for your work, I don't like to see people get getting taken advantage of. And if you're yeah. only going to get, you know, some stamp sets and you're getting asked to put in, you know, 10 or 15 hours a week, that's, that's shitty. And yeah, you're worth and, more than that. Like, you, you I, are. I mean, I think people negotiate it because they're getting free stuff. And from working for a company for however many years I did, people love free stuff. Like, bottom like, <laughs> people love it. So they eat it up. They go for it. Free stuff. So almost no matter what it is, free feels like a good enough reason to participate. Then there's the whole aspect of, well, the company will be displaying what you work on and then tagging you and then there's the exposure you know payment so you do feel that you do feel like okay now I'm being seen for my creative work you know and it feels like a payoff so there are there is that level of it and then I think now like what you're saying design teams have changed I I feel like um you know, I don't, I don't know whether they're getting better or not. I've kind of been out of the game a little bit, but from what I've been hearing through the grapevine is that, um, like design, like the thing is the comp, if the company can 
like if you think that you are going to get a product that you love and would buy anyway, you would almost do anything because then like you're saying, it doesn't become this inauthentic thing because you already would buy it. It already inspires and motivates you. But if you could get it for free, that's like bonus. So that's what people are like, I think, hooked on that idea that like perfection, perfect storm of like, I really love this company. I really love what they make. I would buy it anyway. I'm so inspired to use it. Oh, by the way, they're going to give me exposure and do all this. Like, I think that's the lore of the design team, whether or not it's paid. If it was paid, that would be amazing. But when you can find that sweet spot of like what your consumers want and that they would gladly put out for you, you know, even though you're not paying them, that's kind of, I think, what what makes a sweet spot on a design team. But then just from experience, like there's a whole nother level of like, cause I also had to choose for the design team. I think three, three years in a row, I was in charge of like gathering the participants and hosting the open call and all that kind of stuff. And then that opened a whole nother can of worms. So, you know, comparisonitis plays into that too, because then people say, why was she picked? Why was this picked? Oh, she was able to go to the conference. I wasn't. Because it was the the last um, round of Happy Planner design team that I had the pleasure of choosing and being a part of um, was when the Happy Planner started to become legit like we did it at the end of the summer in September and that whole month people were the happy planner was brand new super trendy people were catching on and they knew like how good the happy planner treated their design team as far as product like huge boxes so people were already acting like they were on the design team already tagging me already you know all this this extra stuff like you're saying some people have the luxury and time to do it some people don't but it was all this extra you know credit I guess to try and get ahead of the bunch so there was that level to it that I've never seen before on my end needing to choose. And then what also ended up happening was we held the design team open call for like the few month, the few weeks of August. And then we were going to choose the second week of September. And that year, the week right before we were going to choose, we had a pinners conference. And it just so happened to be in Texas where a bunch of these girls who applied lived and were going to attend. So that was thrown into the mix. Like the fact that these girls had access to us, that we were able to meet them, that, you know, it was just an extra level that after they were chosen and what you know, a lot of the girls that we met from pinners were chosen. A lot of the girls that we met from pinners were not, right? So there was that level of how come her, why not me, da, da, da. And then there was a big backlash of, oh, well, I guess you had to attend pinners if that's how you wanted to be on the team. So it was a very, it was a very weird animal for me where I did see a lot of that backlash of people feeling like, well, we had no chance if we didn't have access to this conference, right? And if we weren't able, and it is a part of like, well, connections help and it is who you know, but you do feel like, I, you know, there's this level of I'm just as capable of doing the same kind of work and creative output as them, but I didn't get to go to the conference. So what does that mean? So that was an interesting experience, but it was all part of it. And I don't know if it's comparisonitis as much as, you know, people trying to express their concerns about how design teams are chosen, but I don't know. Design teams are a strange thing in our kind of crafty ass female world because yeah, they really are. Yeah. They give us, 
do you feel like you've kind of mastered comparisonitis when it comes to your craft? No. No, you still compare on like the reg? Oh yeah, that's one of the reasons I unfollow too. Because, mm. um, so I talk about Tiffany Hahn and her inner circle and mm. our mastermind a bunch because it's just my thing and I love her and she's just my, like, she's my spirit animal. Um, she's great, yeah. And she talked about, uh, so she doesn't follow any other coaches because then she is tempted to like do the same things that she that they do mm -hmm. even if she doesn't do it on purpose right so she doesn't want to feel like compelled or just subconsciously do the things that other coaches mm -hmm. are doing so she doesn't even tempt herself by following them yeah no that makes a lot of sense and so like in that same way when i feel like i see myself just kind of being envious of a person I just unfollow them for a little while. Just if it's in my heart. Mm -hmm. And even if it's a person because that I love. Because we're human and that happens. No matter how many brain tricks you kind of play for yourself and tell you not to feel it, we're human and sometimes it happens. Right. Even if it's like a friend of mine and I mm -hmm. love that person, I will unfollow them for a little while just because I need to not feel envious or badly towards that person because right. like I love them and they're my friend. And I need to not see that, like, I need to not feel that towards that person. And if Instagram is doing that to me, then mm -hmm. I blame Instagram, not that person. Yeah. And Set so I don't need boundary. to have, like, I need, I need to not see that Instagram. I still can be texting with that mm -hmm. person. I can still be, like, there are so many ways to be friends with a person and so many ways to have relationships with a person um, that, like, you don't need to have every single type of relationship with a person in order to like have a healthy relationship with this person. Yeah, um, no, that makes sense. This is a conversation I had with my mom a couple of years ago. She was very offended that I wasn't like interacting with her on Facebook. Um, and she was like, well, why don't you comment back to me? Or why don't you comment on all of my Facebook things? And I'm like, because I'm your daughter and like we're in real life mother daughter we don't also have to be facebook friends for us to be like mm -hmm. like our bond is like the strongest bond there is we don't also additionally have to be facebook friends for our mother daughter bond to be any stronger like that this is like this is real this is you know the realest thing there is it facebook doesn't add or subtract anything from being mother and daughter mm -hmm. and like and I think it goes back to this whole posturing thing of like, if we're going to like pretend or if we're going to type to each other on Facebook, just so that other people can see it, I'm, I am like, so not here for that bullshit. Yeah. I am absolutely not here for that. Like, yeah. mom, if you want to have a conversation with me, we're going to have a conversation. I have no time for me having a conversation with my mother so that the world can hear right like i i i like literally cannot and so like that's how i feel about like like instagram and like a lot of things like where like the conversations you have with your friends are public sometimes you need to just not have public conversations with your friends sometimes yeah. you just need to like take it to dms sometimes you just need to take it to texts and sometimes you just need to take it to real life yeah, and, and it like, doesn't make the the relationship any less valuable. Just sometimes you need to shut down 
what you're seeing from them creatively or inspirationally because again you don't want it to be too closely influencing what you're doing because right. you want to find your thing and then it ties back into all the other episodes we've done right exactly and like yeah. if, if something is 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 like not jiving with your flow like unstick that like mm -hmm. get that roadblock out of the way that yeah, doesn't because, make you a bad person right because you do want the flow to always be good vibes only and right. once and it's sometimes it's out of your control out of the person's control it's just situationally once the vibes turn not good you have to pull back and wait to have enough you know until the vibes are good again and then you can jump back into that area right um, yeah, that makes like sense. I want to bring up a topic that we don't talk about a lot. Uh, like if you are struggling with like infertility or like if you're struggling, like if you just had a miscarriage, it's totally okay to unfollow all of your friends that have babies or mm. your friends that are pregnant. Like it doesn't mean you love them any less. It does not. And it's okay for you to not see their love and like... I, that's totally okay. You don't have to go through that. You don't need to have personal heartbreak every single time. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't mean you love your friends any less just because you don't want to sit alone in your bed or sit alone in your chair and like scroll through everyone's right. happiness. And be exposed to it all the time. Yeah, that's, that's okay. And like when you're, when you're feeling like you want to Instagram follow all of the babies again, you'll know. Um, yeah. And that goes for anything. Like if you're having a really tough time with seasonal affective disorder or depression or any other mental illness, like unfollow some stuff so that like when you feel like you're comparing your lows to other people's highs, it's just not working for you. Don't yeah. just, just don't. I, I am fully giving you permission to unfollow people for a little while. We talked a lot last week about, um, you know, not trying to make every friendship a forever friendship and taking breaks from things. Um, it's the same thing with Instagram. You can unfollow and then you can refollow. Refollowing people is one of my favorite things. Like re, like going back and being like, oh, look at all of the cool things this person has done. Um, yeah. And I think that's especially true with like artists and creatives and inspirations. Um, Especially, like, we do things in spurts. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, I'm doing 30 days of lists. And if you're not into lists, maybe you don't feel like following me for the next month. So, you know, you unfollow me until April when I'm going to be talking about my book. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, 100 days of all about me. And that's okay. You can't be everything to everyone all the time. And so you can't expect everyone else to be everything for you all of the time either. That's a good point. And I mean, you just bring up because I feel like for me and my crafting, the comparisonitis has not taken as big a hold as it did in the beginning. And it did in the beginning because, again, that whole... Ira Glass quote of the taste where I had such high taste for what I wanted my work to be and I saw it in other people and was just getting mad at myself that it wasn't there yet. Now that I've had a few years under my belt of this like creating this crafting habit and routine for myself, I've gotten more comfortable again like I said in that episode with my dance like it feels more like my dance where that even if I see someone do something good I feel like it doesn't impede on what 
makes my work good. So there's, I have a good balance with that, but I still struggle in other areas. Like you brought up, like, I feel like we compare ourselves to other people's timelines all the time. Like me being 33, that's a big one for me. So yeah, just like where I thought I should be and seeing other people be there. And again, like it's this, I guess, instead of taste level, it's this like dream level for my life. Like where are my dreams on the scale of where these person's dreams came true? Like, I don't know. Like I I feel like us in 2018 growing up with you can be whatever you want and do whatever you want. You see some people doing that and some people are stuck. And, you know, so I, I find myself gravitating to the accounts that talk about the stuckness because I need to feel not alone in it. I don't want to look all the time at how many people are thriving in every area of their life. And again, it's not in a malicious way. I'm, I'm happy to see that, but it's not where I am. And sometimes I just need people to be like, I'm not there either. Like, so there's that level of it. Um, the Dainty Squid, um, that's a blog, she recently wrote a post called The Timeline Myth, and she said in it, she's like, some people just need more time to make big leaps, and I feel like that's me. I'm, I'm a big uh, late bloomer. I've always been just like late to things, and that's just how I am. Like, <laughs> But then you compare to someone who's so ahead, quote unquote, or like forthgoing, so that I have a big problem with that. But yeah, but... It's just we all have different timelines. Like that, it's so easy to say, but it, it to not internalize it is hard because you you try to look. I just feel like we always. I was asked the other day. You know, I'm 33, and I was asked the other day by someone from work, like, "When are you gonna have kids?" He's like, "You know, when you're 40, you know, that's gonna be hard." And I'm thinking to myself, like, no matter what age you are, it's hard. If you're too young, it's hard. If you're too old, it's hard. Like, there really is no perfect age I don't think like you know so I was thinking that when he said it and then I I found myself in the past like googling what celebrities have had kids you know after 40 like to calm my own comparison I just down it's just I don't know Tammy Duckworth is having a baby Tammy Duckworth is the senator from Illinois she is one of the coolest women on the planet Tammy Duckworth is having a baby um think in April she was born in 1968. How old does that make her? Oh, gosh. 50. Holy shit. Yes. She's my friend. She will be 50 when her baby is born. She'll be the first woman to, she will be the first woman in the Senate to have a baby. How cool is that? That's amazing. She, okay. That's so, okay. amazing. We're going to do an aside on Tammy Duckworth because Tammy Duckworth is one of the most amazing humans <laughs> on the planet. I, I, I kid you not. I don't care what your politics are. I don't care who you are. Tammy Duckworth is one of the most incredible women that has ever been an American on the planet. Tammy Duckworth is a member of the DAR. In order to be a member of the DAR, of the DAR, which is the Daughters of the American Revolution, you have to have a descendant who fought in the American Revolution. That's cool. Tammy Duckworth, uh, so she is a member of the DAR on her father's side. Um, Tammy Duckworth's mother is an immigrant. Um... Tammy Duckworth is a veteran. She uh, lost both of her legs in a Black Hawk helicopter accident because, you know, she was helping rescue people. Uh, She was the helicopter pilot and she suffered severe combat wounds and lost both of her legs. Um, God. She is incredible. She's just, oh my God. So, uh, um, she retired from the army and she became 
a representative in Congress, and then she just won the Senate seat in Illinois. And uh, a couple weeks ago, she announced that she was pregnant with her second child, and she will be the first senator ever to have a baby while in office. I am. She just makes me so happy. She is amazing. She's awesome. I just, like, looked her up. That's amazing. She's just so cool. So, Tammy Duckworth for, like, queen of the world. Yeah, but a great example of, like, staying your path, like, never giving up. Like, it'll happen when it happens. Like, your timeline is your timeline. Like, and then, like, I found, yeah, I found myself looking up. Shit happens. Life happens, yeah. And it's just like, do your best in every moment. Like, what is the use of looking at what, like, I tell myself this, yet I keep doing it, but it becomes, I keep going back to the image of quicksand. quicksand. Like, you keep sinking into other people's stories, but you followed them and loved them for a good reason because they inspired you, but there has to be a boundary. Like, because your head will get in the rut and you'll just keep sinking and sinking and sinking. And, like, here I am, like, looking up celebrities and I know that Tracy Ellis Ross just did that amazing like you know um talk at I forgot what conference or whatever it was but and she said she's like I it's hard when you're 45 and you've had five kids in your fictional show and you know but then you I guess I looked up actresses because we know why they waited so long because they were on this path to become the actresses that they are like they're celebrities and they were trying to do their thing like you can't it, for women especially we need a whole episode on this but and we need to get some moms on here because for women yeah. especially having a baby is a major interruption like if you're on this path and on this road and let me find my thing sometimes you're not ready for the interruption totally. but then you see yeah but then the comparison i didn't happen Comparisonitis happens and you see people with kids and leading these lives and doing these jobs and looking like superwomen and you think why can't I do that so there's all that too and then back to Stacey Ellis Ross like how she's like my fictional character that I play has five kids yet here I am with none and it's a weird it's weird to be a childless 45 year old in the world today right and she was talking about all the things that come with that and I'm like what I find myself doing more and more as well is comparison comparison comparing myself to fictional storylines like I'm a great this is us fan like they are the perfect couple like so you know and I I find just myself looking at that and and holding that as the standard but it's a fictional made-up written relationship like even Milo and Amelia who I love I watched a video with him recently and he's like that Mandy Moore and him talk about all the time how Jack and Rebecca are so goddamn sweet. He's like, it's impossible to be that sweet as a couple and that endearing. We should try, but it's like impossible. And this is a person who plays him. Like, so I just find that too. Like it's our culture and our society is so weird. Now we're like things we get from screens tend to be what influence our brain. Well, it is much better than everyone's uh, before us who decided that Romeo and Juliet were the best uh, people to emulate love. Um, so Good point. We got an upgrade. <laughs> we got an upgrade from everybody else. Yeah, yeah. I do feel like now they try to show a bunch of different relationships, right? But ultimately, like, what are we basing how we want to live our lives on? Like, it's crazy. And then the same thing with, like, comparing yourself to others health or happiness or quote-unquote better life like I just feel like health is a big one because sometimes you're not in it yeah like and Marianne Mari I think it's Marie Andrew she 
one of, I think, her most recent Instagram posts was a picture of, and again, she's an illustrator. She calls herself um, a writer who draws. So she's like, she has a writer's brain, but she illustrates it. So she drew a picture of like the back of someone's head looking at a bunch of other smiling faces. And the head, the back of the head says, ugh, all these happy people with their perfect lives. They have no idea. And then you see all the smiling people and their yeah, thought the bubble. Yeah, like lost their dad. Yeah, lost their dad, trying and failing. Like, so it's so true. That was the image that popped in when we were going to do this episode about comparisonitis because we look at people smiling and posting happy things, but it doesn't mean they aren't struggling as well. Like everyone is struggling. Why are you comparing? Yeah. So everyone has their own thing going on. It would be ridiculous if you thought that they didn't. It's just, they have a camera person and better lighting to make it look prettier than you do. Right. (laughs) And years of experience to know what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. I just think, you know, design teams are an easy one. Us being crafty and participating in crafts is an, is, is an easy one. There's also, there's so many ways you can compare. And it's just, you just have to know that you are enough and what you have is enough. But that's so easy to say, I think. And, and wanting to grow. And like, yeah. I think that's the mindset that you need to be in is the, the growth mindset instead of the like stuck mindset Mm -hmm. and like february is so hard like this this before daylight savings time and this like just muck time Mm -hmm. like if you live in the suburbs or the city and like you have the, the 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 piles of snow that are in like the um the parking lots at like the malls and stuff where like it's every single snowstorm has piled up and all of the the the, what do we call them, plows, have, like, just shoved it all into, like, a single space. And it's, like, every shade of gray in the palette. And it's just, like, sludge. And it's not cold enough to snow really anymore. But, like, you can't really wear, like, shoes because everything, like, or pants, like, nice pants, because it's too, like slushy and it just gets on everything like that's just how like i think that's how our brains feel when we get in this like rut and it's just that's kind of when you just need to art it out like go back to our creative rut episode and just do some of those things yeah and glue some paper together yeah meditation in the past has helped. I've been told to kind of do that again, but it's it's very hard when you start with meditation because what what they tell you it's supposed to do it's hard. Meditation is hard. It really is something that you have to practice, but it's just it's the the core value of meditation is it's supposed to quiet your mind. So like when in center to your true self. I think is what they talk about a lot. Where like all this brain activity and all this extra voices <laughs> and all these negative, all this negativity is not your true self. Your true self just wants to relax and be inspired and create when it wants and you know trust time. And meditation is supposed to get you back to that like centered area, centered area part of yourself, and get rid of all the white noise. I guess, but it is hard. Have you ever tried to meditate? So, um, actually, uh, as part of our inner circle, 
coursework for this month, uh, Tiffany challenged us to do 28 days of action that will get you closer to love. Mm. And my action, I blogged about it earlier in the month, is uh, every day I've been spending 10 minutes closing my eyes, working on my breathing by listening to two different Kanye songs. The first one is Power, and the second one is Ultralight Beam. Um, I have the reasons for uh, why I picked those two songs on my blog. The first one, uh, Power, is all about being an individual and the power that comes with being seen mm-hmm. and uh, what that means to be seen and what it means to have the power of, you know, media and eyes on you and what can go wrong with that power when you let it internalize. Mm-hmm. And the second is ultralight beam, which focuses more on community and what you can do when you harness uh, light and power into uh, good and others. And so uh, I really like playing with juxtaposition and uh, like opposites and Mm -hmm. power is a super, super, super hype song and ultralight beam kind of calms you down Mm -hmm. and putting them together. They're about 10 minutes long. So it's a fantastic 10 minute like meditation and I work on my breathing and when I need to let my mind wander, I just kind of choreograph uh, ballet dances in my head, um, which hip hop is fantastic for. I mean, especially Kanye, all of Kanye's songs should be ballet dances. (laughs) Um, And so if you can't meditate to just silence, which I think is impossible, honestly, find like one song, start with one song, uh, put your headphones on, close your eyes, and just like literally work on your breathing. And if your mind wanders, like let it wander to shapes, let it wander to colors, let it wander to something that's uh, like amorphous. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, just like if you start thinking about like, you know, oh, I know I need to get dinner on the table. Oh, I need to take out the garbage. Oh, you know, I have like my student loan bill to pay. You know, just bring it back to like Roy G. Biv. Bring it back to like colors. Bring it back to, oh, the clouds. Bring it, you know, bring it back to things that are just calming imagery i guess totally you know just like circles or you know one that's always worked for me was is the sheet fluffing you know what i mean when you pick up a sheet to fluff it and it slowly comes down for me that's always worked um that just that image of the up and down and the softness and the slowness like that's always kind of helped me yeah i really like that but yeah I mean, I never thought to do it to a song. That's good because I would usually end up dancing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good. I, I did um a lot of times the rounds of Oprah and Deepak Chopra. They do like the 21-day meditation. And, and when it's new and when it's a new batch of 21 days, they're always free. So you can sign up free registration, I think, at uh, – 21daymeditation.com or oprah.com probably has it anyway but those have helped me too because every day is a new kind of guided meditation toward the same theme so those have helped um but it's all about centering yourself and and shutting down your brain that could get in this rut this hamster wheel this like repetitive like record loop of negativity based on all the stimulus like i read somewhere and heard somewhere too that like as a human, as human, like humanity should not be exposed to this many things all the time. And we are, and it's having this kind of effect on us. (laughs) But 
I mean, the good part is that everybody is. So we're in this together, you know, right. and, and I don't think anyone can say that they've seamlessly gone through this transition from I go outside and play with my friends and kick a ball around when I was 10 to 20 years later, you know, all my friends are through a screen and yeah, I'm on the computer. Twenty, like, like, I don't think anyone's gone through that transition seamlessly and not felt any kind of anxiety or, or negativity or confusion, I guess, Mm-mm. over what's next. And yeah, it's just natural. It's just normal. And we're all in this together. And so we're talking about it. Totally. So if you are feeling like comparisonitis is getting you down, especially now at the end of February and the end of winter, um, you can always reach out to us on Instagram, definitely at the bottom of the blog post. And we would love to know how you are dealing with comparisonitis, how you're dealing with the end of winter. Tag us on Instagram, find us at craftyassfemale.com, and we will have a printable for you if you join the newsletter, which you can find at craftyassfemale.com, and you can download it for free and get updates from us every week with the new episode. And if you love our show, please go to iTunes and like and subscribe and leave us a written review. We will chat with you next week about organization and spring cleaning, and we hope that you have a fantastic week. Bye. Bye.